1: to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King here on Extra 106.3. I am Janelle King, and this is where we discuss kitchen table topics that are typically banned from family gatherings, but I believe they're extremely necessary for a strong republic. And it's interesting what we're talking about because I'm in media, and we're going to talk about the media. We are going to discuss whether the media is driving the voter or is the voter driving the media. And I found this to be interesting because I talked to a lot of people from various different perspectives and backgrounds. And I used to be one of those people who felt like I had to, you know, put my two cents on things. I felt like people needed to know where I stood and what my perspective was and all of that good stuff. But then I realized fairly quickly that that probably isn't the best strategy, for winning friends. So <laughs> I decided that I wanted to not just show what I believe or share what I believe or all of that stuff, but I wanted to make sure that I am actively listening as well. Because a lot of times when you lose the listening aspect of things, you're just talking to each other but or you're fussing at each other, arguing. But no one's actually learning anything. No one's gaining anything from this. And I truly believe that you can gain from everyone. Little side Bar. My husband and I went to Florida over the past week. We spoke with an individual who was connected to the assassination of Shea Guevara during the Bay of Pigs and all of that stuff. And I I can't wait to do a show on that. I'm going to see if I can get this gentleman in. His name is Felix. I'm going to see if I can get him in. But anyway, he's in his 80s now and uh, he talked about his interaction with Shay and all of that. But one of the things that stood out to me was although one was fighting for communism and one was fighting against communism, there still was this mutual respect. You have to remember, have to keep in mind that even if you don't agree with something, that person believes in what they're saying. And i honest, I do believe there are people who just say stuff because it's the popular thing to say and all of that. But I think majority of us really do believe what we're saying. And I think that you lose the mutual respect, you'll also lose the ability to understand different perspectives. You don't have to agree, but at least understand it. Talking about the media is important to me because I feel as though there is some type of push that's trying to force us all into various different corners, whether it's the Trump corner, or the anti-Trump corner, or ultra-progressive corner, and the ESGs side uh, Everybody is always trying to force us into some particular direction. And I was texting with a friend of mine, and we were talking about the ability to shift minds and shift perspectives and people's thoughts. And I said, well, I mean, that's what campaigning is. I mean, that's what everybody does. So I don't find that to be anything too unique or... I don't know, uh, special, (laughs) uh, she felt as though it was super wrong and unethical and moral. And I, and it may be, but I was like, but it's not illegal. And unfortunately we all do it, whether we think we are or not, because you think your way is right. Doesn't mean that you're not trying to force people into a particular direction. So that being said, What is happening? And so I really want to kind of dive into and explore, I should say, how the media shapes public perception in the political space, when it comes to candidates, when it comes to policy. Is this really happening? Is this something that we need to be concerned about? I think that we all are putting ourselves in a position where we're giving power to spaces and to people that we really don't have to give power to. What I mean by that is I truly believe that we the people are still the people. And I'm hoping that by the end of this show, I will share or at least explain my perspective enough to where you're thinking about it from a different perspective. It's instead I just don't want us to focus in on what policy, is, I'm sorry, it's vote, not policy, but what the media, the mainstream media, is telling us, I really want us to not just focus on that and that being quote-unquote propaganda rather than focus on how we lend ourselves to the discussion. Is our perspective a part of this discussion? Because the truth of the matter is, Media is it moves based on societal norms, based on whatever the society is talking about, like what's happening. So to say that the media is trying to, you know, corrupt us, I mean, okay, you can I guess you could feel that way if you don't hear what you would like to hear. (laughs) But that desire to hear what you want to hear is part of why we're in this situation, I mean, that kind of explains it. Everybody wants to hear what they want to hear. That's what's happening right now. And when you have so many polarizing voices, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, you can almost guarantee that there's going to be moments where you're going to feel either manipulated or supported or both. It's going to happen. I think it's important to understand, too, that oftentimes we may say, like I I hear people say things like, I can't trust the media. I don't want to hear them. They're not. And I'm talking about myself. (laughs) But I've heard this so many times. But then these same people will send me articles and news clips from the media to justify their side or their perspective. So you can't hate the media and then use the media to also justify your arguments. Then you have to question, are they really your thoughts? Or are you just agreeing here? You know, uh, we, we've we spun into this whole fact-checking trend as well. And there was a time where I don't believe fact-checking as it exists today was it, it was in place because people either believed it or they didn't believe it. They didn't have to be told to believe this or not to believe something. You would use your own reasoning skills and we're losing reasoning because it's not allowed. If you ask too many questions, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, if you ask too many questions, you can't help but find yourself in some weird argument where people are kind of looking at you cross-eyed, like, why are you doing this? You're either supposed to just go along with it Or you're supposed to uh, argue, I'm sorry, to go along with it, or if you debate it, you gotta somehow find your way to their truth. That's where we are. It's uncomfortable. I do believe that media has power because media has reach. I am grateful for every opportunity that I have to utilize the platform that God has blessed me with. I am grateful for it. Very much so. But I, I don't take it lightly. You know, the scripture that says for much is given, much is required. And I think I'm, I, I may be saying that incorrectly, but that's the gist of it. I believe that. I, I truly believe it. I do believe that you will be held accountable for misleading people with your platform if that's what you're doing. So I want to make sure that I'm as responsible as possible. And the truth of the matter is a lot of times we are taking commentator perspectives and, and turning it into facts and turning it into the way life should be. I don't think we should do that. I do think that there are instances where the media is extremely biased, um, both real and (laughs) non-perceived. Prime example, you know, we recently had this hurricane, Hurricane Adelia. I listened to the Biden administration, and particularly Biden himself, claiming that this is because of climate change. Now... I'm not saying that there isn't elements of human interference that's affecting the Earth, but I'm saying that that's been happening since Earth was created. (laughs) I mean, the moment, or at least I should say, the moment humans were created, we've interfered with the Earth. I mean, it's what we do. However, Believe me, I'm pretty certain that we're 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 not going to outlive the Earth. I'm pretty certain that the Earth will remain. And that although climate change is something that is a term that came up out of a focus group, the idea of the uh, of 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 the Earth shifting, water moving, Ocean's changing. Things are shifting. That's something that's been happening for a long time, and it should continue to happen. I think the Earth knows how to protect itself. But that's for another day. Another example of how the media, I believe, is extremely biased. um, And, you know, sometimes we are yielding so much into our perspective and our beliefs that we forget to provide balanced discussion. I, I think that happens on both sides of the aisle. Um, I've listened to Republicans when it came to the Dominion situation. And the, the part that's a little frustrating is that we tend to be all up in arms when we feel like we're right. And then if we are wrong, we don't come back and say, you know what, I was wrong for that and I apologize or I should have done it differently. But it's come out that the actual Dominion machine had nothing to do with any issues or discrepancies in the uh, election. But I don't hear any I don't hear any Republicans saying not saying they're not out there, but I haven't heard any. That's like we need to really apologize for this. We destroyed this business. It's not there. And then we have the trans push from the LGBTQ and all that and the threatening of parents with your child's going to commit suicide if you don't allow them to transition. I mean, it's clear that the media has has engaged in propaganda and has bias. But does that mean the media is really in control? Or are we? What role are we playing in this? We're going to get deeper into this when we come
0: And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.
1: Back from the break... Welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. I am Janelle King, and this is Extra 106.3. And I am discussing whether or not the media drives the voters or the voters drive the media. That's what we're talking about. And I think we need to first start by talking about voter demand and media supply. (laughs) Media outlets typically cater to what voters want. Do they mold the voter preference is the big question. Are we shaping preferences? I do think there's an element of that because a lot of times as human beings, we just don't want to be... The person on the outside, it's really difficult to be the person on the outside all the time. So I think we do look for camaraderie. I think we do look for moments in which we can um, support other initiatives, other perspectives, other ideas that just that doesn't make us feel as uncomfortable. That doesn't step outside, too far outside of what we believe And I do think that that's where molding voter preference does come into play. A lot of times we're talking about things that's being talked about the most, like the indictments. There's so many other things that we could be talking about, but Trump's indictments is the topic. That's what everyone else is talking about. So you're almost forced to learn about it just so that you can engage and have social conversation, even if you don't really care to learn about it or know what's going on. There is an element of that. But there's also some sensationalism that takes place and clickbaiting and all of that and just the polarizing content that I believe is so attracted to attracting to audiences. I know that for a fact because whenever I discuss topics or I discuss things that are more focused on, you know, the Constitution, I guess you could say things that are more educational, not necessarily entertainment or entertaining, but it's very educational. It doesn't get as much attention. And that is our fault. How many times have we shared comments or shared little videos with our friends because it made us feel a certain type of way? It was entertaining. It was emotional. It was connecting. But we've oftentimes looked past other things because we didn't get those same feels, but it still was true. I mean, it's the whole concept of going viral versus not going viral, right? So I do think that we have to always keep in mind When it comes to viewers, when it comes to listeners, when it comes to having enough people or eyes or ears, there is an element of entertainment. If I got on here and just read some notes and didn't had any type of inflection or you know just nothing that made you feel like you were connected the chances are you probably wouldn't listen that much there is a role that's being played that has to be played from both perspectives but again it's still driven by the listener or the viewer i don't believe you have to allow the messaging to dictate the engagement though i do believe that you have to listen to the messaging but you decide whether or not you want this messaging to become mainstream or become the focus based on how many people decide that they want to either push it share it, involve themselves in it engage it and blow it up most cases you're pretty much just kind of throwing especially particularly in the mainstream media you're typically typically just throwing things out there that are your personal beliefs and seeing what bites, you know, who's going to bite, like what, what, what's going to get the, the, movement going. So again, we're still very much so in control as we, as voters, we're still very much so in control. I think it's important to note too, that Media, we respond to shifts. It's not the other way around. So if a lot of people stop talking about something, I can guarantee you the media will stop talking about it too. If a lot of people start talking about something, I can guarantee you the media is going to start talking about it as well. So I think it's a little silly when we blame the media when we hold the power to control the conversation. Because if the media is telling you what you should be discussing, you have the option to reject it. You don't have to say, "Okay, I'm going to now start talking about that. (laughs) I, I really want us to reclaim our power as we the people. That's something that's really been on my heart for the last few months is that I feel like we are in a position where we're not claiming our power. We're not utilizing it effectively. We're allowing so many external forces to drive what's happening in this country. I said this to someone else, and I may have said it on here at one point, but I was talking to an individual, and they said to me, how is it that the two individuals that the country wants the least are the two that are leading in the polls? It's quite interesting. That just stuck with me because the truth of the matter is that, you know, Trump has a guarantee 37 percent. So does Biden, (laughs) Uh, apparently, because he's polling right around 36 to 40 percent approval. And um, that's like just your guarantee. The rest are kind of up for grabs and. I believe that there are elements of people that are kind of supporting Biden because they're a Democrat and they just don't, there's no one else. So he's going to get some of those points. And I believe there are some people who are supporting Trump because they just believe that, you know, the other candidates are just not strong enough or they don't think they can win. So, you know, but if you take all that out of it and you dwindle it down to the guaranteed support, they're not in the majority. They're not despite what's being told to you, but that's not what the data is showing. Um, particularly with Trump, I mean, he's not doing as well as the, on a national level as he is on a national level in some of these key states. I mean, Georgia is still a toss-up. So I do think that there, there's a point to what the person said. Be, it's like, how do we get here? How are we all supporting or all looking like we're supporting individuals that most Americans are don't care to really see in the White House? I don't know. We got to ask ourselves shifting the media it happens all the time, and I think we we have to just understand that in order to do it, you have to be it has to be a collective effort, of course. But there are so many examples of how the media the mainstream media's conversations have shifted how we've we when I they call me in to do commentating I, I, I typically get an idea of what the subject is going to be. I don't know what the answers are I, I used to prepare a whole lot more back in the day now'm I'm, I'm a little more comfortable so I just go on there and I'm like, okay you know I may have two or three bullet points, but we're we're definitely in a in a space now where the media is being driven by cons- by dissent, by whatever's happening on the ground. Prime example ESG, the environment I think it's environmental, social governance or something like that. Um, every single industry is being impacted by it. They have some some industries have scores where you have to have some environmental score. You're falling to the bottom of the list and you're not going to get a whole lot of support or funding and things like that. So but this is something that the younger generation really pushed was this need to be environmentally friendly and to be socially conscious. All of that stuff that that's something that came from the ground up, I think. I will say that that has a lot to do with the Bernie Sanders young people. So that's something that's been there. I mean, that that that's that's driven by the listeners, by the viewers, by you. Maybe not you, because a lot of us probably don't care for that. But <laughs> there probably are some that are listening who have driven that conversation. Another example is BLM and the DEI rise. Black Lives Matter. I mean, the whole George Floyd situation was because of the public. It wasn't the media who said, OK, everybody, come and look at this situation. It was the public who decided to magnify that. And the same with Breonna Taylor during that time and every other martyr that was created during the 2020 riots, and I'm going to call it the 2020 race riots because that's what it felt like. I mean, again, that was us. Maybe not us, but some of us. (laughs) Election integrity. I've never talked this much about election integrity in my entire life. But guess what? That's what's being talked about because it became topic number one regarding the 2020 election. So there's absolutely evidence that we, the people, can drive these discussions, but we gotta have the courage to do it. But I'll save that part for my closer. Let's talk about social media. This is like a new landscape that we're all in. It's been around for a little while, but it's still pretty impactful. I think we need to talk about the impact of social media and how it's shaping political discord and mobilizing voters. Because forget the mainstream media. It's because if I, if you turn on mainstream media at any given time, you may hear a TikTok video or some uh, home video that someone created. There are TV shows that have dedicated their... Or I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll say TV shows, but their media shows that have dedicated whole segments to this whole concept of highlighting cute memes or social media videos. So clearly, social media has a hand in shaping the political landscape and where we are way more, I believe, than the mainstream media. I think mainstream media answers to social media. If you think about it, it's it's so impactful that there are studies that show how social media has been is the catalyst for so many mental health issues, particularly in the trans community, between online harassment, bullying, negative comments. It's been shown that people who are in the LGBTQ communities, mental health has been going up insane more so than what it was prior to social media now we all know that that the whole you know functioning in the world as a transgender is I mean that's a mental challenge within itself we all know that I mean regardless how you feel about it it's clearly there's some clearly some mental issues happening so so but let's look at our young girls. I saw a survey that was conducted by the Royal Society for Public Health in the UK, and it found that Instagram alone is the platform most associated with negative mental health effects, especially for young girls. It was linked to increased feelings of inadequacy, anxiety, depression, loneliness poor body image and it's just another reason why social media is more of a control than the mainstream. When I think about our young girls I think about when I went through puberty when I was younger I cannot imagine having to go through such a awkward space in life on a main stage like social media. It's just not right. And I commend the mamas that are trying to navigate this. But if I had a daughter that was going through puberty right now, social media would have to be, like it would have to be secondary because it cannot be primarily in play. It just can't. It's so hard when you're measuring yourself. You're already measuring yourself against everything that you see, that you have to see. But, my gosh, when, when you see a bunch of people on social media that look like their lives are amazing and you feel like your life is inside turned inside out, that can be really difficult. So I absolutely think that the social media arm is probably more of a driving force as it relates to moving voters than mainstream media. I really believe that. I I also believe that due to the algorithms that are created that that are, are are designed to show you everything that you want to see. It has created these groups of echo chambers and it reinforces the existing beliefs w- which don't are not necessarily always right. Just because you believe it doesn't mean it's always right. But I do believe that these algorithms are enforcing existing beliefs, which is clearly affecting voter behavior. Because the more right you feel, the more excited you are to push it, the more amped up you are to call somebody else wrong. I mean, that is definitely a role that's being played. And I think we all need to make sure that we are in control of our personal impact and how things are personally impacting us. Ask yourself honest questions. Why do I believe this? Why am I pushing this? Did I see enough evidence? Do I really believe this is right? How do I know? We've got to ask yourself these questions because if you don't, then we will find ourselves in a position where we are being ultimately controlled, completely controlled, I'll say, because there are elements of, of, of control that's taking place that we allow, you know. I mean, there's. I mean, it's obvious propaganda works on everybody. So there are areas that we're all being propagandized in, but for the most part, we do have the ability to say no. I'm not gonna. Re- I'm gonna reject that, or yeah, I'm gonna accept that. For the most part, but these algorithms are creating this targeted marketing. And it's also a catalyst in in, an increase in anxiety amongst young people are our Gen Zers who are trying to move towards adulthood. But I've never seen so many scary people in my life. I mean, it's like a lot of Gen Zers are just terrified of life. And can you blame them when their whole world has been virtual, when you can create and design your own world, which is not realistic to the real world? Because you kind of have to, you got to have some mental toughness, some fortitude, some perseverance, some fight. I mean, I don't know. So we really got to make sure we take a look at the relationship between what they're calling user generated content, which is your social media, and the mainstream media, we can't keep saying that we are in a situation where we're being controlled by the media when we are driving the conversation if you don't want to talk about it we've we've got to do something about it if you want if you want societal norms to shift or to, to to grow or change or develop. There's ways to do it. So what comes first? The chicken or the egg? <laughs> is it the social media or is it mainstream media? Do we lump them all together? I don't think we should lump them all together. I still believe in mainstream media. I do. I believe that it is necessary to have mainstream media because to me it should be the landing spot for all ideas to come and either live or die. In other words, it should be where we say, this is what's being talked about over here in TikTok. This is what's being talked about on Instagram. This is what this group of people thinks. Here we have someone who represents each of these perspectives. What do you think? That's the way it should be. And that's the way it was supposed to be. But if we're on social media and we're canceling people or telling people what they can and can't say, then we are creating our own echo chamber that, and and not just that, but we're really creating our own oppression. And you just have to be careful. At this point, I really believe that social media is driving the mainstream. And showing TikTok videos and Instagram videos and all that stuff during segments and articles and using that as part of your discussion is evidence of that. Not to mention that there is public pressure and perception that is taking hold as well. So how do we get back on track? I'm going to explore that after the break, but I really want to know how do we really get back on track because when you really look at this and you look at what's happening today i am deeply deeply concerned and i'm going to say something that i i truly believe and i heard this from the gentleman gentleman that i met with um a gentleman that i met with and he was talking about communism And he said, you know, my concern is that if Republicans don't win in 2024, that we may not know what America looks like by the end of that next term. And at one point, I thought that would probably be dramatic or a dramatic statement. But I don't think that so much anymore because I don't recognize America today. It moved very quickly. We were living in bliss (laughs) prior to Joe Biden. And it literally flipped on its head within a matter of moments. So I do believe that there can be a complete shift that can take place in four years. It's amazing what you can do in four years. But what he said was, but I'm also concerned that... We as Republicans are going to hand it back over to the Democrats because we're just refusing to make the tough decisions. We want what we want. We don't want to make the tough decision. Sometimes it's hard to do what's right or to at least position yourselves to get what you need to get. But we got to do it. You're listening to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. I am Janelle King, and I will be right back. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no
0: one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash MAC. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.
2: Support for Extra 1063 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
1: Welcome to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. Welcome back. This is Janelle King, and this is Extra 106.3. And this is the final segment. So if you miss the show, it's okay, because you'll have additional opportunities to hear. You can hear this particular show on the next Tuesday. The Tuesday is coming up on my podcast. And you can go to my website, allthingsjking.com to find the many ways to listen to that podcast. But we were talking about, before the break, we were talking about whether or not if the media is driving us or if we're driving the media, I believe that we are at this point driving the mainstream media. We are doing it through social media, which is our user-generated content. I think that it's important to note that is something we can control. Why are we not controlling it more? Why are we choosing to talk about the topics that we're talking about? I'm quite interested to know. I really want to know why we're doing that. So according to a Pew Research survey, inflation, healthcare affordability, partisan cooperation, Drugs and violence, or crime, are leading the public's list of top national problems. Let me repeat those. Inflation, healthcare affordability, partisan cooperation, drugs, and violence or crime. Those topics are the topics that a national poll that was done showed those are the topics that most people care about. Indictments wasn't on that list. Trump wasn't on that list. Hunter wasn't on that list. Neither was his laptop. None of that was on that list. (laughs) No one said, and this was a poll that was taken across the board. It's not a Republican poll, it wasn't a Democrat poll. It was a consumer poll. Inflation, healthcare affordability, partisan cooperation, God knows we are way off of that. Drugs, probably all the fit all. people are dying at alarming rates and violence or crime. Why are these issues not dominating our mainstream media? Because while these are the things we care about, for some reason we have been coerced into thinking that if you just say Trump 45 times, no pun intended, you will somehow go viral. That's, that's where we are right now. We're talking about stuff that no one really cares about simply because it's the thing to talk about. It's crazy. I am so, this is so crazy to me. So bizarre. How do we get off the hamster wheel? How do we get back discussing things that's going to actually impact your day to day? Does Trump going to jail impact your day to day? Absolutely. Does him not go to jail? I'm sure. I'm sure there's a way. Right. However, regardless of where you stand on that, the trial is going to happen. So there will be an outcome. And your social media tweets and your arguments are not going to impact it greatly. There's 12 jurors. Those are the people that's going to be listening to this trial. And, and among all of us, now that it's been stated that we all will get to hear this trial play out (laughs) Um, we all get to watch it that's going to be entertaining I'm sure but it's also going to be a major distraction from what? from inflation from healthcare affordability from partisan cooperation fentanyl poisoning that's happening with our kids and crime that's what we're not going to be talking about while everybody's talking about what's happening in that courtroom so who's really winning right now? It's not us, because inflation will keep climbing and Biden will keep talking about his Bidenomics as if it's doing something. And no one's challenging it because we're talking about indictments and we're talking about laptops. And it doesn't even matter what side of the aisle you're on. You all have a perspective on both issues. Whether you agree or disagree, we're all still talking about it. So I I really, really want us to take a page out of the Mama Bears book because I believe that our Mama Bears that stood up in those school board meetings, they showed us the way. They showed us how to do it. They were like, forget all the crazy. I don't care about all of that. I know it's happening, but I want to focus on my kids And that's what they decided to do. And I thought it was great. It's like, let's focus on our kids. They didn't care about going viral, they didn't care about whether or not they had a whole slew of people that agreed with them. All they cared about was making sure that they stood in that room and they looked those school board members in their faces and told them that you are not my child's parent. I'm the parent. There was a righteous indignation that came out of these moms and these dads. And it started a movement. And today, they're saying that there is a pack that is ran in support of moms and dads who are fighting for their children to be able to get a proper education and not be indoctrinated with sexual propaganda while doing it. That pack is now what they're saying is the most powerful because of the several and the number of supporters that they have. I'm just saying, there's an element to what we saw happen in our schools and with our parents that we all need to take heed of. If you care about inflation, health care, partisan cooperation, fit and all. Crime become the mama bear and the papa bear of that issue. Make that your focus. Drive the movement. And ultimately, you will drive the discussion. Because ratings drive discussions, and you drive the ratings. So keep that in mind. Always stay focused on that. Because in the realm of media and politics, the relationship between the voter and media is so deeply intertwined and you have to stay curious. You've got to stay engaged. You have to keep questioning the narratives that are around you. you got to stop telling people what they need to think about and focus on, focus on what you're thinking about And and if you feel passionate about something, be passionate about it, but do not demand that everyone else jumps on board. Because if it's something that people should believe in, just like the school board situation, the movement will build. And this is how we, the people, continue to maintain the power that we have instead of handing it over to a handful of people. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to catch the podcast on this Tuesday. And if you happen to be driving along on a Sunday morning from 9 to 11, turn on Extra 106.3 and you may catch catch me. (laughs) Thank you all so much for listening. This is Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. I am Janelle King. Have a great, great week.